I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The male gaze has always been a hot topic within the feminist movement, and it's been very present in all forms of media. But what happens when women take ownership of their own perception? With the rise of social media, it is possible for people to choose when to be sexualized. One woman who does exactly this is Ellie Chaplin. In this episode, she tells us how taking pictures of herself undressed has impacted her relationship with her body and how she uses art to raise awareness of stigmatised topics. We also talk about her latest project which explores sex education and more specifically masturbation. Here is discuss how masturbation can improve your self-esteem and the importance of scrutinising the feminist movement in order to improve it and make it more inclusive. If you haven't come across women of my generation before, there's plenty of episodes where women share their wise thoughts on how to improve your relationship with your body. Please hit subscribe and review my content, as it helps more people finding this podcast. My name is Fanny Beckman, and this is Women of My Generation. Hello. Um, it's about time that I invite you to my podcast, actually, because whenever people ask me about women of my generation, they're always really curious to know about my first photo shoot and who it was with. <laughs> and it was with you. It was indeed. I mean, to be honest, I've been waiting. I've been patiently waiting for you to ask me. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel very um, honoured to be to be part of it. Oh, I'm so glad that you want to be part of it. Because uh, obviously, like, when we did our photo shoot, um, I didn't really think that it was going to be such a long project because it was just the two of us having a good time and taking these photos of you in your bedroom, uh, wearing your pink underwear. Yeah, the gorgeous set. Yeah, and we talked about it for quite a while. And um, obviously, we used to work t- together and we sat next to each other every day and we always talked about like feminism and beauty standards so it felt really natural to do this first shoot with you and when I think back at when we worked together I kind of feel like it was a live podcast for people that we worked (laughs) with it really was wasn't it (laughs) sometimes you could hear hear, like guys in the corner giggle (laughs) someone's actually listening to our conversations (laughs) Yeah, we seemed to forget quite a lot that there was anybody else in the room, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> no filters. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and we obviously talked a lot about feminism because that's something that we have in common apart from like food and, you know, beauty and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first of all, I just wanted to ask you when you started to call yourself a feminist and, and why? I actually thought this question was really interesting because it, it made me, I really had to like go back in time and think like, when, when could I pinpoint that exact moment, um, which was which was weirdly quite difficult, considering, you know, I'm quite a staunched one now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I guess growing up, I didn't really have access to it. My mum was definitely not a feminist, although she did act like it in some ways. That we we had like a lot of quite difficult gender roles in my household, so I didn't grow up with her talking about it and obviously I have two big brothers and a dad so I had like male energy around me quite a lot mm. um but then I thought when I was in high school I remember taking part in this um sort of organized sex education workshop I think we we're about I think we we're about 16 years old there was a group of like 10 to 15 of us all from varying walks of life all in the same age group but varying walks of life and we were invited into a room once a week to talk about um, periods and condoms and women's health and all sorts and everything in between. And I think that's the first real time that I remember taking from a space filled with women so much love and compassion and honesty and sharing. Because by the end of it, the course that I think it was an out-of-body out of school program when that ended we kept, we decided to carry it on ourselves just with the tutors and I think by the end of it we were all so open and willing to share with each other that it was that's, just it was just really beautiful really yeah, beautiful that's quite similar to to my story actually I was 16 as well and it was a, a group with a young women like myself and it, it really affected me so that mm. seems like we have a similar story and it shaped our identities because like I said it's a massive part of your life and your identity now to be a feminist yeah absolutely I just think it's just so interesting how before before you've been in that kind of circumstance you don't really realize that you have access to it and I Mm. but I guess even then I didn't I don't think I was I don't think I was putting the name feminist onto it I think I was just really hyper aware that I was having such a beautiful experience with a room full of only women um and then I also started thinking about now how I do have some I kind of have a love-hate word with the a love-hate relationship with the word feminism because I don't know I feel like some of its associations uh, it, it annoys me because we we as feminists have to realize that in the history in our history we haven't always been the best for everybody, you know? We haven't been, like, the most inclusive of voices. Um, so I'm just figuring out where I am with it now. I'm, like, I'm back on a... <laughs> I'm back I'm back to loving it somewhat, but I'm still a bit... I get a bit confused. I much prefer the term intersectional feminism. Yeah, and that's so interesting, because I feel like loads of people have an issue with the word feminism, mm-hmm. but it's mainly people who are against... Um, not maybe not against, but have a an issue with women's rights in general. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying actually isn't about that at all. And but I think like 
obviously feminist movement has changed so much throughout the history and with the second and third wave feminists you start to think about other aspects as well like race and and socioeconomical background Mm -hmm. but you don't obviously it's an ongoing discussion that we must never ever stop talking about no absolutely not but obviously now you do lots of like art surrounding feminism and you've had like exhibitions with your drawings the female body and you've made a zine called the angry girl so when did you start um creating art surrounding feminism Oh, another fantastic question, Fanny. <laughs> I'd actually <laughs> forgotten about the um, the uh, artworks that I'd done the exhibition for with the female body. So that's a nice little memory. I don't get to think about that much at the moment. When did I start mm. making art about it? I guess that my, my art making is hugely related to a trauma response, I think. Like, I've always been quite creative. I've always found making things, drawing, painting as a lovely way to escape. And I guess being a person who has experienced quite a traumatic happening of my mum dying, um, mm. it was it was a really important outlet. And I think that that coincides with my feminism. Again, a really important outlet. And they just seemed to go hand in hand with each other. That's where I got my support from my my female network. And that's what I made art about and with and for, you know? Oh, that's really powerful. So you didn't really do it before your mum died? I did, but I didn't show anybody. So that's the difference, I think. I've always made things. I've always had something or other on the go. And there's always been, like, a creative element to all that I do. I've always been, like, longing for that creativity. But I think after she died and when she was ill, it really came into its own in my head. It really made me realise that it's not only a great way of me being able to heal, it's also Mm -hmm. something that I really want to do and focus on and that I'm actually quite good at. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's interesting how you say that you start showing people as well because obviously when you start talking about your work and talk to others about it, you find this special connection. And again, that might help your your um, your feeling of a safe space within the feminist movement as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that connection, like I've always loved, I've always loved the idea of collaborating and I think the the zine you mentioned earlier was a great example of that because it was just it was an open call asking people to make work responding to the title of grief, however they however they saw a good fit, mm. and that was that was incredible just to have like an ongoing conversation and to have people share with me some things that were just so so personal and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that opening of the zine as well when you had a, an exhibition about it. And it is very special when you have that safe space and everyone's kind of agreed that this is the topic that we're going to talk about and everyone just yeah. opens up and share share their own experience and opinions. Yeah, it was, it was really special. Mm. 
And you've continued to work a lot with uh, art and feminism, like, for example, now you study. And is it, is it photography studies or is it broader than that? Is it art in general? So the title of my course is Fine Art Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's really open-ended. It, we, yeah. we sort of, when I walked into the school on my first day, it was made very clear that we could decide whatever kind of medium that we wanted to work with, and that's fine. Um, mm. Which I found to be really, um, like, eye-opening for my practice. Because yeah. I think it's easy to pigeonhole yourself into your into being an illustrator or a photographer or whatever, and then not want to necessarily branch out in the mediums that you use. But since starting school, I've been trying all sorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, when you t- tell me about it, it sounds absolutely incredible and how you're encouraged to go to visit, like, different galleries and museum and just absorb everything and get inspiration from various mediums. Sounds incredible yeah it's 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 a great experience I feel super lucky obviously I'm uh, a mature student (laughs) (laughs) I mean not 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 too mature just a nice a nice 26 but yeah that so the experience for me is has been gorgeous I've been I've been looking forward to this moment for a really long time um and I just feel like the space has allowed me to come into my own and really just be brave about the products that I use and the the things that I make art about. So I started a project about masturbation. Yeah, I was actually wondering if you could tell us about the project because I'm really intrigued. Yeah, I can try my best. And it all sort of started from um, a big interest in sex and masturbation and being a woman and uh, education so it sort of snowballed from uh, my perspective like a a female identifying feminist point of view um talking about education about masturbation but as as I started having a conversation with multiple people I realized it's not just a a female issue Mm. it's an issue for everybody because the the lack of sex education received across the board is huge, and and that's that I think that's mad. I don't know. I don't know whether you like. How, did you receive much sex education? No, I can't say much. I think that's uh, kind of an international issue for sure. It's not just here in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 mad. Um, so this, I'd been working with um, acrylic. I've been etching on acrylic beforehand. And I just loved it as a as a substrate to work on. And I really am interested also in like reflection and immersive experiences. So I thought what better thing to do than to make a a disco ball like <laughs> educational object with pictures of masturbation acts or objects used for masturbation. So that's kind of where it started. I started just etching sort of silly you know, you know, we all know the classic gesture of a of a wank with the hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it started with a picture that I found of that, and then I just found loads of other funny things. Um, I wish I could show you. I will show you. I'll send them to you. <laughs> yes, please. Um, and then obviously, oh no! So after I'd made those, I sent out a questionnaire asking ten different questions. 
to do ranging from did you receive any formal sex education to what's your favorite way to masturbate what are your favorite uh toys or if you use them and the last one was about your favorite fantasy or or a fantasy you'd like to fulfill and the responses were incredible i had like so many so many really yeah and of course you can imagine they're quite funny (laughs) (laughs) some of them are quite funny some of them are quite sad some of them are it's just amazing like the openness and honesty that I received from everybody of course it was anonymous so I think that that allows for people to kind of really put it out there um (laughs) so my idea was to make a space but obviously now we are not in the position where we can hang out in spaces together in real life I've Mm. transferred it to a digital sort of 3D rendering of the objects and I hope to voice render some of the answers but I'm in the process of trying to find a gender neutral um voice bot okay because I thought that that is an important element. Can, yeah, because I be. there is there is there's a voice bot called Q, but it's a very new well as as new to me and it doesn't seem like you can you can download or access it yet. I've emailed them so hopefully <laughs> they'll get back mm. to me. Um, but yeah, because I was just thinking, when you think of a robot, you're like a classic robot. Mm. It's in my head, it's a man's voice. Yeah, yeah, it's very me. And I thought, that doesn't really work. Hmm, that's so interesting. Like, I, I'm even struggling to, like, even imagine what this project will look like or sound like, because it's so new <laughs> thinking, and I love it. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be okay. I mean, the programmes that I've, I'm using for the 3D sculptures are, are very new to me. It's, it's like game play, video game making, really difficult... But we'll see. I quite like the idea of it being a bit clunky because I'm not I'm not gonna try and fool anybody by saying that I'm really good at it. But we'll see. <laughs> but it's so inspiring that you just try different things and new things and it's just what it's about in your course and it's yeah, it's really, really inspiring. Thank you, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to showing it to people and seeing what what they think of it. And also I'm looking mm. forward to being able to be in real life again whenever that is, and and also experience it with other people. Yeah, of course. That's what I love, having exhibitions, to Mm -hmm. be able to talk to people about the topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've said that you kind of, not always, or I don't know if always is the right word, that you've been interested in sex and masturbation, Mm -hmm. but has masturbation, like, impacted your own self-esteem? Ooh, great question. I would say 100% yes. Yeah. I think for me it it was it's quite a pivotal moment. Again, I think it's linked weirdly or weirdly not, I don't know. It's it's linked to my trauma too. I think my okay. my sort of own sexual pleasure and satisfaction is linked to me healing and Mm. listening to my body and I think like the act of masturbation the act of being with myself really really changed everything for me really (laughs) do you agree how about you does that 
does it is it something yeah that's... definitely like getting to know your yourself and your body it does make you more comfortable but obviously it's been very stigmatized and I don't know if it still is because again we are in this feminist bubble mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we talk about masturbation with our friends but I don't think that's the case everywhere at all like far from it no definitely um, not in the survey the one of the questions was do you talk to your friends and family about masturbation and hardly anybody said yes like confidently you know oh really yeah which I that's found quite surprising fun. yeah me too I asked um, for people if they would like to supply their age or their gender, but it wasn't um, mandatory. So mm-hmm. there was a there was a really broad mix. I had um, quite a few males, quite a few females, quite a few non-binary, uh, quite a few who didn't decide to tell me their uh, gender. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the trends which I thought would happen didn't. It's really interesting. It's a great set of data. And to, I think because it's anonymous, it changed it. People were really honest. It's such a good topic. And again, it's something that hasn't been spoken about in public much at all. Like Even though we might feel comfortable speaking to our friends about it, but you rarely hear about it in media or in the arts either, mm-hmm. to be honest. There's quite a lot of content about sex, but not about masturbation. Cause it's still stigmatised. Yeah, it is. I just think the idea of, of teaching pleasure is, it like terrifies everybody. Mm. Of course for women, but I think for, for guys as well, I think it just, it, people are so scared of it. Yeah. Why do you think that is? <sighs> Why do I think that is? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think it's just deep rooted. I guess it goes into like political agenda somewhat, you know, like I think if the powers that be feel as though if we are able to lock on to our, our wildest sensations, then we'll do more than we're supposed to. <laughs> Cause it is, mm. it's powerful. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think it's scary. Yeah, and showing yourself like vulnerable in a way as well. Mm. 
But speaking of media and social media, you post a lot of photos of yourself on social media in your underwear or naked. And I think this is very interesting in terms of discussing the male versus the female gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, like, why do you post these kind of photos of yourself and how does it make you feel? So, again, I love this question. And there's so many like <laughs> different branches that go off of this. It really made me yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose I, I started taking these photos as an act of self-love. Mm-hmm. Because I take most of them on my own with my film cameras or with my phone or with my laptop. Like, it's a real range of... Um, camera that I use but it just really it makes me feel good it makes me feel beautiful and I I just I like to be able to see myself from a different perspective so you don't think at all about who's going to see them it's only for you I guess I do when I was when I was when I was thinking about this question I suppose like in the moment that I take them it's for me but then as soon as I put those photos onto the internet it's not really for me anymore but then mm. I wonder, I quite enjoy that act as well. I enjoy the act of putting it out there. Mm. But then when you, you asked about the female versus male gaze, and in this instance we're talking specifically about Instagram, I yeah. guess I can't gender the powers that be for Instagram, but I know that their gaze is quite um, policing and destructive. So mm. like often bodies are censored. And usually those bodies of like mostly sex workers, sex positive educators, females Mm. who are those things and who, you know, God forbid, show their body. I think that that's the gaze that's that I think about in a a, a destructive way, because I think that it's just such a shame that everybody's being censorship for sharing themselves. It's just really ironic because these kind of rules, I'm kind of naively thinking that they were there to to protect people um, from, like, being exploited and having someone else post photos of of you in a position where you don't feel uh, that you have the power yourself. But it's, like I said, it's ironic that it kind of works against the people who want to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. And I guess I have somewhat of a privilege, which I recognise, is that, you know, my photos don't get deleted as often as other people's, which is, is unfair, you know? So your photos have been deleted in the past? Yeah, I have. I've had photos deleted. If you if you put, like, um, direct nudity onto your grid, usually it will get deleted. But sometimes I like to sneak little photos into other photos, so I'll do, like, a tiny, tiny little bum picture in the corner of one of my photos, and then that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't usually get caught. So <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> If you look for it, you can find it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would definitely look for it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, d- I guess I just think it's such a shame. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but, again, this is something that I feel like has changed um, changed the feminist movement and that kind of splits the movement as well, um, that some people think that it is, it's good that there is um, this these kind of rules... Um, to protect people but then like I said it it works against us as well 
Yeah, and I think that that's it. You have to think about the people who it's like actively affecting, not just. You need to think of the bigger pe- bigger picture. Yeah, for sure. But you've been in front of the camera for others as well. For example, London uh, Vagabond. And can you tell us a bit a bit about this experience as well? Yeah, so this is one of my favourite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the London Vagabond is a part uh, partners. Uh, they're, they're photographers. As uh, Modest Gold and her partner, who's a human toilet. Uh, they take photos of all sorts of kinky activities, people living out there, fantasies and fetishes. and They just take the most beautiful photographs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, Modest Gold runs a party called One Night in Anana, which is a lingerie party for all uh, female-identifying people. And we all come together in this beautiful space. Oh, she runs it with Adrena, who's a dominatrix, and we have the party in her space, which is a gorgeous dungeon. The word dungeon sounds terrifying, but it's actually a really, really beautifully pretty space. Um, And we all get together in our finest or lack of finest lingerie. <laughs> and I guess being in front of the camera in this situation is is a is a different one because how it works is that we're invited to be photographed and you know it's not a requirement if you go. If you don't want to be photographed then you don't have to be or your face can be covered. But we sort of just have a fun evening mm. and then we'll have our photo taken as the night goes on. So lots of times you're not really fully aware of the camera, but you're, I mean, I feel confident and comfortable when Modest Gold's around because she's amazing. So (laughs) I would just love to have my photo taken. Um, And then there's other times when you're asked to do portraits and you'll stand against the wall and you're just made to feel really comfortable, even if you're wearing absolutely nothing at all. But it was, it's, it was, it's one of, for me, these parties have been, again, like, absolutely fundamental in my loving of myself and my sexual comfortability, if that's a word. Yeah, 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 I mean, I think so, yeah, but I definitely understand what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when, when did you do it for the first time? the first time would be February last year no sorry October last year oh it's quite recent yeah quite recently and the first experience was beautiful wow how did you get invited so they have an Instagram page it's a one night in an Anna Instagram page and then when they're having parties they'll post a link and it's sort of first come first served Mm. And the so range it's all of the... that. Sorry, Sorry. go ahead. <laughs> like the struggles with recording remotely. <laughs> <laughs> but, so it's all about like getting comfortable and confident in your own body. Yeah, it really is. There's so there's no so it's a play party. So obviously there's um, equipment around, and you know it can be a sexual setting if you want it to be. But other than that, it's a space to just have conversations I think for me that's what I've I've found 
the most incredible is just to be able to stand in a room full of women who obviously just are so happy to be there and so willing to share. And the conversation nine times out of ten is it flows so easily, especially about like, I don't know, your deepest, darkest fantasies or when you last came or what's your favourite thing, whatever. Like the conversations are just so honest. And it was, you said it was um, just for people who identify as female. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this impacted how you felt and, or the dynamic or anything or, or not? I would say absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I just felt safe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like anybody was perving on me unless I wanted them to or unless it was consensual, you know? Yeah. Because obviously we're all beautiful. We're going to perv on each other, but we 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 ask each other, we talk about it, we say how we feel. And I personally haven't had a whole heap of experiences with males involved where that's been the case. Not to say that it can't be, but I just haven't been privy to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel lucky. I feel like it's a lucky space to be part of. And I recommend anybody who wants to, try it to try it and what happens with the photos because i don't know if they can put them online due to like all the um yeah the rules and the algorithms out there but so yeah. what happens so like we spoke about earlier they're like quite rawly affected by um instagram policing but they mm. make physical publications after the parties so i think there's been two now two two magazines, two zines, which have sold out, I believe. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's great. But after the parties, they curate all of the images together. It just becomes its own object then, like an object of the evening, of the experience. And that's always so exciting because they take all of their photos on 35mm or Polaroid, so you can't really see anything at the, in the night. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you can see the occasional Polaroid, but... You know, you're mostly waiting for the for the thirty five millimeters to to be processed, and then yeah, it's like it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, and that makes it easier to be more like present during the evening that you can't actually see the photos. I suppose so. I hadn't actually thought of it like that. Nothing that I just thought. Do you think it would be able to, or they would be able to do it remotely as well in lockdown? What to take photos? Yeah. Oh, I don't like know. Webcam. Yeah, I guess I guess there's stuff in the pipeline that they're doing. Mm, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, lockdown definitely like requires new ways of working and to like spark your creativity. And I'm sure you you experience that as well with your own projects that you have to change your methods. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a lecture about that this afternoon. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about adapting and and reimagining how to. Um, make your work make sense in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been so interesting. Yeah, it was. It was actually. <laughs> it really, it really was interesting. But you mentioned several different um, occasions and happenings in your life that kind of change who you are and, and how you feel about yourself. And from an outside perspective, you seem to be very comfortable in your own body. And obviously, this goes up and down for all of us. But what advice would you give to someone um, who feels less confident and 
you know, to reach that level of good self-esteem as you have? I think we, I think we've spoken about this before, but I, I can't remember, but what probably. comes to my mind straight yeah probably <laughs> what comes to my mind straight away is that my mum used to tell me when I was little every single day without fail that I was beautiful every day mm. and mm. that I think that's had I, I just feel like that's had some sort of lifelong impact so I guess for that that's that's like a positive affirmation isn't it yeah which was a concept that I really struggled with when I went through um, therapy because I just thought it didn't really work and it sounded a bit like bullshit. But when I think back to my mum telling me I was beautiful and actually practising positive affirmation, it does it does eventually stick. So for me, that's what I'd suggest. Or ask your best friends to tell you you're beautiful every day or spread that beauty to other people. Tell the people who you love that they're beautiful every day. It sounds so cheesy, but I think that it's... I think it has a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, that's one of the things, like, when I've done this project, that I realised that the way we talk about our bodies in front of others definitely affect, affect how we feel about ourselves. And even if we talk negatively about our own bodies out loud, like I said, it really has an effect on us to just say it and... So the opposite would make a lot of sense that you can influence how you feel about yourself and, and others for sure. But I think you've got a really good point with that as well. I think that it's important to be hyper aware of how you talk about your own body and other people's bodies out mm. loud. And mm. it's not an easy transition for some people because, of course, we've all grown up with mums and siblings telling us and saying things that they shouldn't really say so it's ingrained in us but I think it's it's only positive to assess the way you talk about yourself and others because again that's kind of a positive affirmation as well isn't it like reinforcing positive words (laughs) yeah it is and we don't really realise the consequences of what we say and how it can impact other people. So it's really important to take a step back and and think about that. And Because I feel like loads of people only think about how they talk to you directly. Yeah. So obviously most of us wouldn't say to someone else, oh, I don't like this and that about your body. Mm-hmm. But they're happy to say that about themselves, which in the long run you know that will impact how that person look at themselves because they will start comparing themselves to yeah absolutely I also think that um spending time with your body is Mm -hmm. a really beautiful act like the the taking photos taking photos of myself in my underwear and or naked or whatever is essentially me spending time with my body and I know that lots of people find it really hard to do that. But yeah, I think... We have, yeah, we've always been taught, you know, living in a diet culture to find something or to find everything that's wrong with mm-hmm. your body, not, mm-hmm. you know, appreciate what, what you actually got. Yeah, I think, like, even if you're in the shower and you spend a second just staring at your body and thinking, I love you, or, again, really cheesy. Apparently, I'm really cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> like you but it it works you know like I think well for me anyway it I mean obviously like you said I have bad days but I try my best every day to to love myself Mm. 
as best I can. Yeah, and you always like really good at being like present in the moment, and I think that impacts self esteem as well. Like looking outside your appearance and not just constantly thinking about what you look like, but actually enjoying yeah what's going on around you. Yeah, well, I try to anyway. Thank you. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, and. I think finding that's helped me as well, like finding that sense of belonging and appreciating other things in life make you realise how little, like, that your appearance isn't important. Mm-hmm. Because obviously it's really... I mean, it's just a bit of a struggle sometimes to, you know, think about self-love and, and self-confidence in a way that you don't actually have to love yourself every single day that it's a right to have bad days or or and I try to think that the goal is to just accept your body and not really think too much about it yeah that's it you kind of hit the nail on the head it's like it's being able to just sit with yourself Mm. yeah yeah yeah, I'm just like taking a thinking into it with myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same goes for feeling happy and feeling sad, I think. Like, it's really easy to, when you feel sad, just think, oh, I can't feel like this anymore and just try and shut it off. But again, the best thing to do is just be with that sadness and let it happen. And like, just be with the days where you feel like shit about yourself. And then hopefully the better days come, you know? Mm. And that's so true. That that's one of the biggest things that you've taught me. It's that it's a right to have all those emotions and to to feel them and you know cry when you're sad and being angry when you're angry and being really happy when you're happy. That is so so important because because um, if you're sad, it will go over as long as you let it out in the first place. Yeah, wow. letting it out is hard though sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> But what a relief when it finally comes out. Exactly. <laughs> Much like oh, an wow. orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, like, I definitely have, like, sense of calmness in my body now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much, Ellie. Like, as always, um, I love talking to you and having these, like, amazing conversations. And I love talking to you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I think your questions are really beautiful. Thank you. I can't wait to see you again. And I can't wait to see you. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Fanny. Love you loads. Love you. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.